What about your situation, Sol? Will you be staying at Tottenham? I'm staying. Hello. Sol Campbell is a hero. Um, so it's been a, an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, it was the international break last week, so we were off. Uh, Mr. Spurs didn't play, but we're now back with two games this week. We've got because Spurs and Arsenal are both playing midweek now. The European football starting this week. Well, what, what, one's playing um, in the Champions League and one's playing in the uh, small club competition. Okay, um, so we've we might as well start there this week with what happened at the weekend. Um, Spurs Palace, three o'clocks. Spurs won comfortably. Yes, they did. It was Not. very exciting. I mean that that first forty two minutes, oh, what unbelievable! After that, it sort of goes downhill. Second half was a bit bit boring, but let's not go into that yet. Um, first half, amazing football. It was just beautiful to watch. Everyone knew what they were doing. They were, they were pressing Palace. There were some beautiful goals. I mean, even Lamella got a goal. That's how that's how well we were playing. I mean, just Aurier. Aurier, of all the players that, that we've been missing over the past few weeks, say that when Ericsson doesn't start, um, oh, it was clearly Ericsson. That, 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 that's why we didn't win today. When, when uh, Vertonghen didn't start, oh, it's because we didn't start Vertonghen. Who knew the player we, we were missing was Serge Aurier? I, I don't think anyone knew that. It's unbelievable. Two assists, technically, one wasn't really an assist, but a, a brilliant game for Spurs. And part looked, looked to be um, the Spurs of 16 17, sort of partly back. Yeah, it looked to me, from what I've seen, it was more of Palace being not very good than, than Spurs being, oh, this world-class team. It seems like anyone on that day would have probably beaten Palace. They didn't look very... The Palace were awful defensively. I for, mean, Palace didn't... I think it was either either had scored every game or, or hadn't conceded a goal. It was one of those... I, 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 mean, I don't remember this specifically, but they've been pretty good coming up to this game. Um, and I think that, I mean, it, it, yes, it's only Palace, but the way we played is that we play that against pretty much any team. We can beat them. Well, it was actually, I think, I think most people were, it was quite a big upset, you know, Palace, top four team. It was a top four team like, versus a mid-table team, and the mid-table team ended up coming out with a win there. So, like... It's crazy how the, how the fixture list works because, I mean, obviously a big game against the top four rival Crystal Palace, but also we had two North versus South London derbies in two weeks, which is very exciting, or two match days technically, which is very exciting. With obviously playing <laughs> the Woolwich Wanderers last week, so so did Arsenal technically because we played Watford this week. But sticking with uh, what, what Watford aren't um, uh, they're not London at all, are they? Not, no, they're not. It's but it's, it's they're, they're very near in terms of the, like where the clubs are. But sticking with the Spurs game, King didn't score, which was like. A big impact, like Spurs were talking. Like even Spurs, it's probably good for Spurs. It shows that they can win games comfortably. Kane doesn't have to perform. He got an assist, but I, I think it's still... harsh to say he didn't perform. Um, I think that his. I mean, in the fact, I mean, in the sense that Spurs can still do well without Kane scoring all the goals, which is what you want. Like, yeah. which is what Arsenal had sort of this week. But yeah, I, I, no. I think again, just to go back to the, the Kane thing, is that his role now is not sad. I, I want him to, to be an out and out striker score 30 goals a season but if the goals are equally divided um, across the, the team I, I don't mind who scores them um, and I think Kane now plays further back and we saw whether he got an assist obviously um, I, I think that he's, he's sort of got a new role he's sort of morphing himself into a slightly different type of player uh, and I, I, I personally I wanted to change back but this way is working right now and yeah if, if we win every game 4-0 I've got no complaints for his own personal achievement, though, he's already a couple of goals behind now, Golden Boot, and who knows? He, he can win it comfortably. It's not an odd concern if he wants to score. If, if, if he decides to start scoring, which I hope he does, um, then he, he's, he's an outclass the rest of the league easily. Maybe. Um, Pochettino was, made some comments again off the game. He was very happy with it, which is very different to the last game. The international break probably is gonna, could help Spurs out here massively, which is really frustrating because I feel like if the game was last week, Spurs might have struggled. I, I don't know. 
Um, they weren't. The team wasn't ready. It didn't feel like the team had settled. But now they've had the international break. It gives them a chance to regroup, and it seems like Spurs did that. And I mean, I, I don't know that, that it was the international break that did it. Um, I think that there was at the end of the Arsenal game. Um, Pochettino said that our season starts now, referring to the fact that it's the end of the European transfer window. We've got players who are settled now. They know they know they're going to be there at least till January. Um, there's no sort of players trying to get out now. Um, Plus, there was this rumoured, or I mean, it's not really rumoured, everyone's confirmed that it happened. There was a meeting between Poch, Tino and the players, um, which I assume he told them to start playing well or I'll beat you all up or something like that. Some sort of motivational speech, um, which clearly helped them. And, and Harry Wink specifically said that the people that, that Spurs were ready to try and put in a big performance in that game to try and prove people wrong because when, when they are talking about crisis at Tottenham. And if this is a crisis at Tottenham, I'll take it. 4-0 winning a game. I'll take that. Well, I feel like there's not really much to say. Spurs did win 4-0. It, it seems like it's just a first-half performance. Palace weren't very good. Um, I don't know if that really means much, though, for Spurs. It's obviously nice. Does it mean that much in the long term? Who well, knows? I think we'll see, though. With, with the games coming up, um, we've got a few big, a few big games, a few Champions League games, Champions League games, which obviously, as an Arsenal fan, you wouldn't understand. But we've got some, <laughs> we've got some easier games. Some you, you would say winnable games. Our next six games, I think we've got uh, Brighton, uh, Southampton, Watford, I think. Um, but we've got we've got teams that we should win, should should win against. Um, and yeah, we can build up a nice run, playing good football. I think it really helps the mentality of the squad. Yeah, I, I, uh, um, a winning streak does help in some cases, but right now it seems like it feels like the same thing happens every year. Season starts not quite slowly. I'm not saying it's just for Spurs. This happens with Arsenal as well. Most teams start slowly. They gradually start building, and then towards the end of the season is when it really matters and when it what it all comes down to. And I feel like that's probably going to happen again. I think that's fair to well, say. Well, last Palace, season. Last season, I mean, every single club collapsed at the end of the season and started to play horrifically. So, I mean, that's not really yeah. true. Well, no, it shows that if one team capitalises, they were going to get top four, and, but no one seemed to capitalise, other than Chelsea in the end, who came from sixth place to finish third. Even sure. though you might... I don't, I don't remember the exact run they did, but they clearly did something to capitalise on everyone else. I mean, I think they were, they were just less bad than, than the other teams. I think that, that, that's how I put it. Well, yeah. So Spurs, they've got a midweek game. They've got um, Olympiacos away. Um, we we saw that in the second half. Um, Spurs sort of gave up, <laughs> which was frustrating for me because I was quite bored watching the game. Um, but you can understand with the midweek game coming up and a run of around, I think it's seven games in twenty-one days is is we've got what we've got coming up, um, which is a, a slightly packed packed schedule for this early in the season, and it's going to be a real test to the squad. Um, but the Champions League coming up, I think we, we're going to preview it tomorrow fully. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing us back in the best competition in Europe, which you won't get to see. Well, I, I, I will be able to watch it somehow, some way. <laughs> we'll um, be able to watch your I team. probably won't be watching Spurs. I probably won't be watching Spurs just because there's more entertaining games on this week than Spurs, unfortunately. Um, I'm be wearing our new kit. But yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> that's that's what people should be watching Spurs for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we can move on to the Arsenal Watford game this week. Um, um, instead of just covering it this week with us, we've got two guests coming on now. Um, we've got Claude, most people will know from Arsenal Fan TV and the Wenger Out movement. And we've also got um, Joel, who's a Watford fan who we're going to be talking about not just the game, but also his opinions on Arsenal and Spurs from the outsider point of view and how he thinks Watford are going to get along this season. Calling, so, in, from, calling in from Israel as well, so we are an international podcast sharing our, sharing our global audience. Yeah, so here they are. All right, so welcome to the show. We now have coming on Claude from Arsenal Fan TV and... Uh, a no- noted Arsene Wenger fanatic. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the moment I might take him back. 
Alright, so let's get straight into the game from yesterday. Um, it was an interesting game. For you, I mean, Arsenal obviously went 2-0 up and then and then lots of things went wrong. For you, what, what, what was the main thing that went wrong in the game yesterday against Watford? And we all really needed one more win, and we would have been in the Champions League. 
So I wanted him out then, but um, no, well, so I said, well, I thought myself, well, let's give him another, ch- let's give him another. But it's not working, is it? It's not looking as if it's working. Do you, well, I mean, honestly, do you honestly see an improvement? Because I, 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 I know, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'm noticing from the fans now. Even so, the fans that were saying, oh, give him this, give him time, give him time, and now starting to turn, aren't they? It's not just me, is it? Well, no, but I think it's a bit unfair to judge him right now because he had his transfer window, and he's not. We've not been able to see a full fit defence yet. You were, we had one time defender playing yesterday. Mm. Yeah, no Bellerin, no Tierney, no Holding. Yeah. If Holding's playing, yeah, I don't see the same mistakes happening. Well, can you? I, it's all very well saying this. I remember I saw Newcastle game. The only clean sheet we've kept this season, right? Callum Chambers. Was, I thought was outstanding in that game, yeah? What happens? We drop him. We drop him. And look what, who's taken over. Two two terrible errors. He's given two penalties away. David Luiz, two penalties away in, in four games that he's played. So, so you mentioned the defence. Um... At the start of the season, obviously, there was a big, big, big concern with Arsenal's defence and the signing of David Luiz, where some fans thought thought that, that he might have some some sort of um, some help to the defence. What, what do you think, personally, will will solve Arsenal's defensive problems? And and did at the start of the season, did you think David Luiz would would solve your whole, your problems? Well, I think uh, a bit more money spent on a better better centre half, I think, would have been more more. Rather than, and, I, and actually, I do like Pepe. I think he's getting a lot of stick, but uh, well, he's one of these players. I think that we all remember Robert Perez took a long time to settle in. Even Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry, and they all took time to settle in. So I'm not going to criticise him. But what I will say, instead of spending 72 million, I think maybe we we went in the wrong direction. We should have made sure of a top centre half. Really. Not sure though, though, with Pepe because. You say that, but I don't think... I think the reason he would go after Pepe is not... I don't think it was 70 million. I think it was more, what can we get for the value right now? I don't think we're going to get... Because most of... From what I've seen, Pepe is only about 20 million this year. I don't think we're going to be getting centre-back, being able to pay all that in instalments. For his quality, for, for a top quality. We went after, I think, people were saying, Mekano from RB Leipzig. Mm. But... I don't, I don't think they nearly spend that money. I think, I think there's a bit of naivety there. Sorry to have a go. I think every transfer is paid in this. I don't think any, all transfers, it's just because people mention it now. But it's, I think if you think, if you look, every transfer really is paid in instalments. So. But there were specific reasons why Arsenal did pay in instalments, rather other clubs sometimes don't, because Arsenal do have financial no, problems. All transfers, don't, don't believe... Well, why? well they, they made a whole thing about Zaha. That is the media, that's the media mix saying it. I, I'm telling you, I'm not... No, I don't think... You could say about 80 or 90% of transfers are paid in, in some sort of instalments. I don't think they're all... I don't think they're all straight cashed out on, on Sure, sure. On. Some, some form of instalments, well, but Arsenal's instalments are... was because of all the instalments. Now, the reason we didn't go for Zaha because I don't think Arsenal wanted to pay that that price what uh, Palace were asking for. Um, we've got to remember, I'm a, I'm a fan of Zaha, but when he's played for a big club, he's not exactly... He wasn't very successful at Man United when he was playing for Man United. It's, it's a bit of a, a risk, I think. We're, we're, uh, I see more. I can see more in Pepe than I can see in Zaha, but it's my opinion. I mean, maybe. Well, overall, though, you—if if Arsenal, if this game is just a one-off, and we do now go on and run now, are you saying give Emery at least? If Henry qualifies for the Champions League, are you going to stay? Are you going to be able to stay now? Do you know, not the right man have you the know, job anymore. Do you know what? Do you know what? I I actually believe it's the minimum. To me, that's a minimum requirement, right? Is to get to the Champions League. But to be honest with you, I know I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think even if he does get us the Champions League, he's he's going to take us to that next level. I just I just don't see it in him. I'm sorry, it's, it, it, I just I can't see it. I don't think he he has it in him to get us to that uh, top level. But 
as you say, we've got. I suppose you've got to give him time. I mean, he's on. He's on a contract now, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how. I mean, I to be to be honest, I want him to shove it down my throat and uh, and uh, then because that means my club is successful. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, yeah, I think the positive I have seen from him though is um, he's developing the youngsters seem to be a lot better than Menga was. Players like. It won't be was last year, and now he's been sold to find these transfers. And then I think I think with Willock, he's doing an improvement, and I'm hoping to see the same thing with Nelson. So I think you have to give him credit for that. He is developing the youngsters as well, which which is something Wenger wasn't really doing towards the end of his time. Well, that, yeah, we'll, we'll see how these youngsters develop. Yeah, um, yeah. I must admit, with Wenger, I mean, I'm, there's a player there that's really doing well now, isn't it, Marlon? So we've been talking about youngsters playing and coming up this week now we've got we've got Spurs obviously playing in the Champions League um, and yeah. Arsenal start yeah, yeah, yeah. on Robert Thursday. I know, I know, I know, I know. Spurs in the Champions League. When are you playing? Wednesday or Tuesday? Wednesday. <laughs> right, where, where are you playing? I thought, I in Greece, to... Greece. Oh, you're going to Greece. Oh, that's where I, I went to uh, a few seasons back when we played, uh, was it Olympiacos? Yeah, we, we, we're playing Olympiacos, the way. Yeah, I was in Athens. It's a lovely, lovely place, mate. It's a lovely place. Lovely place for three yeah. points, hopefully. <laughs> hmm? Lovely place for three points. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it won't be easy. They're not. It's not an, uh, not an easy place, but uh, very hostile atmosphere. So it won't be easy. But um, yeah, uh, uh, I think they've got a chance. But who knows? I mean, I think with, with Spurs going with Spurs. Um, they, they always slow starters, aren't they, in the league? Um, they came back on... I've got to say this, you're a Tottenham fan, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say this, I've got to ask you about this. My friend, he's, he's big Turkish uh, Galatasaray fan, yeah, he lives over in London. But he, he, he said he came out of... Uh, he was walking along um, the high street there the other day, and he said... No, that's it. He said he was walking along. He said all everyone after the game. He said they were all down. He said he said if that was Galatasaray, they'd be celebrating for a week or two. And he said they were all your your, your the fans were not really up and um, happy. Is it because uh, they're not totally happy or with the things with, at the with, with, with Spurs? Um, I, I think it's. I mean, the, there's problems that have been going on at Spurs, but the, the, obviously, obviously the win this week helps solve, helps at least cover some of those problems. But uh, to move on to, obviously, we've talked about the Champions League, and now let's move on to the uh, small teams competition, the Europa League. Um, <laughs> um, Arsenal obviously playing Eintracht Frankfurt this week. Um, how do you view the Europa League? Do you think it's a, a, a competition just for small clubs, or do you view it as as a, just a route to the Champions League? And, and do you think that they, they should they, they should prioritise it over the league? It's, it is a ruin, but the early the first part of the uh, competition is a bit of a bore because it's just a non-event. Um, and this is where I think Arsenal went wrong last year. I think they played too many players and in the early rounds whether they could have played a few more youngsters in it with the opposition that they were playing but it is it only really get hot up the competition in the quarterfinals and semi-finals um, it's it's a competition to get you in the Champions League that's what it is it's basically um, I'm not a big fan of it I, I can't to be quite honest with you I think it's it's degraded because of the loose coming out of the Champions League. I don't think it's... I think once you're out of the Champions League, you're out of the Champions League. I don't think they should be joining that competition. But uh, it's a way into the Champions League, that's all it. And uh, if you win the final, it's great. At least you're in the Champions League. 
Um, so to finish off now, um, the man, the man whose name is in the podcast, Sol Campbell, um, as a Spurs fan, obviously have probably radically different opinions on the man to you. When, when you think of Sol Campbell, what, 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 what are your opinions on the man? I'd have him back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Even at his age now, I'd have him back. Yeah, I mean, there quite. isn't much competition, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, what I'm trying to say, we, this is when we were at our best, when we had Sol and um, and it, uh, Tommy formed a great partnership with Colatore. He had a year with uh, Tony Adams as well, uh, and um, and Martin Keown. Uh, and you know, he was tremendous, tremendous. I know you you lot hate on him now, but he was a great player, and uh, that was one of the highlights of my life. Taking him away from you lot. <laughs> I, I guess we'll have to differ on uh, whether we value club loyalty or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I, I know what you feel, but you talk a few players of us as well, so... I mean, not not like that, but... No, but, yeah, but he's still playing for you, but, I mean, um, who was it? Uh, Adebayo, mm-hmm. things like that, you know, that's... I mean, how did you how did you rate Adebayo when he was at Tottenham? I mean, I I didn't like him as a player generally, um, but I, I didn't have the. It was because he 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 went the right way in the in the in the rivalry. He went from Arsenal to Spurs. He, he, that that's allowed. <laughs> All right. So thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate no, it's it. It's a pleasure. I'm sorry about the other the other technical issue, but um, not a problem. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll talk again sometime. Yeah, hopefully. We'd we'll love to have you back on sometime again in the future. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. See you. So, we have Joel now, who is a Watford fan. Um, He, uh, you're a Watford fan. Um, We just want to know, really, what did you make of yesterday's game, or the other day's game? To be quite honest, it was a um, very much a game of two halves. Um, Even then, I still think Watford did dominate the first half in part, especially the first 20 minutes. And I think Arsenal maybe can count themselves lucky to be 2-0 up at half-time, but the second half, we really saw Arsenal's problems defensively. They weren't clicking. The midfield, Xhaka was all over the place. I don't quite see how Xhaka's Premier League quality, never mind good enough for Arsenal, and I th- and I think, you know, the biggest problem with Arsenal is the fact that I don't think Unai Emery is good enough to manage that club. And I think we saw that yesterday. That's a, that's a bold statement. But I think I think it would be a bit hard to say Arsenal undeserved to be 2 0 up because we played. I think we were At the end of the day, as a, top team, as a top team, you're going to take your chances. And Abamyang is epitomises you know, a, a striker that's able to take their chances whenever they get a sniff at goal, hence why he managed to, you know, take the two chances he got. Um, and, you know, in comparison to Arthur, who had obviously 13 shots, which actually, according to statistics, is the most shots Arsenal have had faced to them in a game in a Premier League game since that began in 2003 and four. Um, and obviously that was shown yesterday by the fact that Watford simply, well, I'm not even going to say Watford, the fact that Gerard De La Feu did all the hard work, but his shooting boots just weren't there. And I think if his shooting boots were there, Watford would probably have won it. I mean, we, we can add to that point of, of, um, of stats about Arsenal's shooting um, or conceding shots. Um, what I saw today was the worst team in, in Premier League history, Derby County, with the least points, obviously, in 2007-8. Only faced 82 shots in their first five games. Arsenal have faced 96. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> all right. Says a lot about defence, hey? Yeah, it really does. Facing shots is not something you can really much do. I think I'm more about the midfield and what it said about how the midfield played yesterday. Um, when it comes to Arsenal, it doesn't say a lot about the midfield. It says a lot about Granny Xhaka. As I yeah. thought, Danny Chavayos was brilliant. And I, yeah. I, 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 as, an, as an Arsenal fan, I want to ask you, why did he bring Chavayos when Xhaka was playing that badly? Chavayos was what was holding Arsenal together to an extent. I, I, I don't know. I... I I feel like um, he, because I feel like when you've got, if you're just thinking from the man's perspective, Sebelos is only here for a year. Jacker is supposedly the club captain, even though I think he shouldn't be. He's still the club captain. Um, so who's going to lead your team on the pitch? Sebelos wasn't going to do that. I, dis- I definitely think you're, you're right. He shouldn't have brought Sebelos off. 
he did it. You can't really do much about it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Emery he could have done slightly better, but defence was just a shambles, and I think that's what Walford capitalised on. And I remember, if you remember last season's game, a very similar thing happened. We were very shaky defensively against Watford, against you, but you didn't take your chances, whereas this time you did and you got a result. I wouldn't even say we took our chances because we didn't. You're forgetting the fact of where our two goals came from. The first goal came from Arsenal being silly again, trying to play the ball out of the back from a goal kick and obviously giving it away and Tom Curverley had an easy time. In. And then the second goal came from a penalty from Pereira dancing his way into the dogs and David Luiz making a clumsy challenge. I wouldn't say Watford took their chances, I'd say they got given their chances. And if anything, they didn't take their chances. Well, one thing we, I don't want to ask you though is because it seems to be the top six teams and the big teams that seem to do this tactic of trying to pass it out the back and trying to, they're using the new rule now of being able to pass it in the area. What do you make of that? Because it was clearly Arsenal's demise. I just, I just, you're inviting teams, you're inviting the high press on you, so it's completely counterproductive, and even Man City are getting caught out by it, you know, it says a lot, you know, the fact that so many teams are pressing, so winning the ball again so high on the pitch, I don't understand why you can't just play it longer, you know, sometimes just playing it longer is the safest option. So yesterday was obviously the first game for the new old manager, Kike Sanchez, Kike Sanchez Flores. Um, how do you think he will he will do as a manager? And do you think he'll, how, how long do you think he'll last? Because there's a whole cycle of Watford now checking out managers very quickly. How long do you think he'll last? What Kike will give us is a new defensive structure, which will galvanise us defensively will be much tighter, will be much harder to break down. At the same time, when Kike managed us now first season, we weren't really doing much going forward. But I think this time now he's got the players, i.e. De La Feu, he's got Pereira, he's got Sarr, who's lightning quick and made a real impact yesterday. Obviously, he's got Andre, he's got Dini when he's fit. I think we've got, you've got, you know, we've got a much more interesting, much wider you know, selection of attacking players, which can help, you know, create that option off the defensive structure and maybe with a much tied to defensive foundation we, we're not going to score as many but we certainly won't concede as many and at the end of the day when you're bottom of the table is it's often about you know trying to tie up defensively as opposed to you know sort of trying to score or more personally i am in favor of the appointment and i think yesterday when you look at the way you played in the second half it's already showing to have a little bit of an impact defensively players like craig dawson First time yesterday in the second half really convinced me. And I think, you know, it's early days, but it's promising. Are you optimistic, though, with, with Watford obviously still bottom of the league? Um, and and you, would have, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have asked this, obviously, when the FA Cup final at last season. But are you optimistic thinking that maybe Watford... Are you, do you think they'll, they'll stay up? Which is a, a question you wouldn't have asked, obviously, a few months ago. Yes. I, I, I can't see how, especially the way he played in that second half yesterday, I can't see how he will go down. We do have options. We do have backup. Albeit, we're probably still a couple of games away from us. We've got City away on Saturday, which is probably going to be a defeat. Never say no because of what Norwich did, but I assume their fans are going to be really onto them about what happened last Saturday and they what probably fans? will come out and batter us. And we've got Wolves away next, which you do never know with Wolves because of the way they're playing at the moment in the league. But I think, you know, after that, we sort of got a nice-ish run in. We got the likes of Palace, Leicester, got Southampton and Bournemouth in there. And I think, you know, if we can sort of three or four wins in, you know, between November and December, you know, I think things we'll be looking, we'll be looking up rather than down again. OK, but so moving away from Watford and back to Arsenal Spurs, from a neutral... How do you feel this Arsenal Spurs season has gone so far? And who do you think is going to finish higher? Ultimately, there's only one answer to that. And that's unfortunately, you know, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately, I'm not going to say fortunately. But I think it is Tottenham from your point, you know. The way Arsenal defend belongs, I'll be honest with you. Watching yesterday, I think Barnett, I've seen Barnett's defence better than Arsenal have at times. Personally, would struggle to even see Arsenal finishing the top six. I mean, first of all, I mean, just 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 to say this, but not 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 to defend Arsenal, but the other top six teams aren't great either. Chelsea aren't great. United aren't great defensively either. Um, Those aren't great. Those are pretty good. Then. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something about United, which is that 
they, they had a very, very good win on Saturday against Leicester. I think once sort of they've got their team together, they've sort of, you know, they sort of settled themselves down a little bit, I think they will come good. I think the likes of Rashford, Martial, with, you know, a very good partnership up top on most given days that, you know, they're, you know they can win any game. I think United's issue is the midfield. McTominay not good enough for me. Uh, but I think he's one of those players that are going to develop throughout the season and he's one of those players who will be able to help steer United into the top six. I think Chelsea, on the other hand, I think, you know, I think they could be a team to potentially finish in the top four. Um, Mason Mount is quality. Tammy Abraham is quality, albeit he's not really done it against big teams yet. Um, I think they've got great depth in midfield. Up top, Giroud, Abraham, Batshuayi, three relatively good Premier League quality strikers in there. Defensively, Tomori, Zuma, Christiansen, Rudiger, all very, very good players for me. I think so. I do think Chelsea will finish in the top four, and I think what Lampard's got right now is a transition year for Chelsea, where I think they will finish in the top four. And who knows? And in a couple of years, once their transfer ban has been lifted, actually, sorry, Chelsea. Let's not forget Loftus Cheek and Hudson and Doyle, you know, to make an even better side. Um, so yeah, I think Chelsea are not even far off, you know, for being certain Champions League spots. But obviously, nobody's going to catch Liverpool and City probably for the next two or three years at least. Sure. So to to wrap to wrap, wrap, wrap us up now, the the final question we ask our our guests is as our podcast we have um, Sol Campbell in the name. Um, when you think of Sol Campbell, obviously as a Watford fan, you're sort of a neutral. What what do you do you see? Do you see it as he he sold out his club um, and and gave up on club loyalty and, and all those good ideas, or do you see it as some other way? As moving on your career to play for a better team. Yeah. That- Sol Campbell is as that all I see of Sol Campbell is he is that centre back that once played for Portsmouth that got sent off against Watford. <laughs> okay, that's that's good. It's like, a good fair, answer. That's a fair neutral opinion. That. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much, John, for coming on. Um, good luck, Watford. No worries. This Pleasure to be on here. So yeah, that was them discussing the Arsenal game. Um, Hope we covered this now, but we want to move on now to the other games that happened this week. Um, we, I think we should start with uh, another three o'clock game, um, which was Chelsea against Wolves. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a very high-scoring game that was. Yeah, but the most important thing I think to take from that game was Tammy Abraham, and he scored a hat trick, um, his first Premier League hat trick, which is quite impressive for have many starts. Um, it's... Yeah, it was also it was also really good to see that that um, all five goals I think it was five goals were scored by academy graduates. I don't think it was good. Chelsea. I don't think we should say that it was. It's good to see that. <laughs> I think it's say it was interesting to see that Chelsea. No, I I I, I want to see these youngsters that have been had their careers murdered by Chelsea for the past ten years. I think they should be given a chance. I hate to see Chelsea doing well, but it's generally good to see youngsters being given a chance. I think you're right there. Youngs are giving a chance as a positive. But or Chelsea doing well is not something we want to see. 100%. But well done, Sammy Abraham, for silencing the haters once again. Yeah, that, that is the thing, um, though, is that he is a Chelsea striker. But I am sort of, like, in a little, in a very, very tiny way, sort of backing him because of the... Because I want him to prove the Chelsea, the, the racist Chelsea fans wrong and want them to be sort of very confused when their best player is a black player. And they're like, do I hate him? Do I like him? It's also good to see him because he's English, so... Well, at, at the moment, at the moment, there was talk about him uh, coming or playing for, for Nigeria if he doesn't get picked for England. Well, I think England will be stupid not to pick him for the next round of games, unless Callum Wilson can t- keep his place, which is better than Callum tough Wilson. to see because Callum Wilson's also doing well. Well, Callum Wilson's also doing well. It's a bit unfair to he's give younger, him to Callum Wilson. Better, it's a bit unfair, though, to drop him, though, on... Because so, remember, Callum Wilson, who played for Bournemouth most of his for, since he's been good, basically. So people have heard of him, and it's about fair to suddenly just say to him, "Well, oh, you won't, we're picking someone else now instead of you." Well, Callum Wilson's not played for England. Um, uh, he has. The only, the he only scored in his debut. Is England, if, well, he's played. I'm saying he's not played very much for England. 
So I, it, it'd be a bit unfair to drop him. You could see why England would drop him over for Abraham. But I think I'm, if he, I'm, if he I'm not saying you have off, to start Abraham, but call him up and bring him on for five minutes so he can't become Nigerian. That's we had that problem with Wilfred Zaha. We didn't pick him. We didn't take him, and now he's now he's become Ivory Coastian or Costian. I don't know how that is. So yeah, um, I mean, but, can call him up, and I'd. I think if it was for a round of friendlies, maybe I would say drop Kane, and leave, and so Wilson and Zaha, Wilson and Abraham could both play. Just obviously Kane's England's main man, but if it's a friendly. It's good for Spurs, probably that if Kane doesn't yeah, play. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to see Kane playing that thing that much. It really annoys me when he plays in annoying friendlies, like against against nobody teams, and he, and he has to play the whole ninety minutes because of his like. He's a great person. He he, he wants to play ninety minutes every game, and it's like, just sit out this one, Harry. It's better for you. Well, this actually could lead on to another game that happened because someone that's known to not let let their players leave on international duty and dislike international duty is Pep Guardiola and it was international break last week and the week afterwards that we come back Man City go and lose to Norwich uh, wow that is an amazing game credit to Norwich uh, yeah I mean credit to Norwich they were they were pretty good they they, uh, they attacked City City who came into the game people would just just saw like how many goals are they going to win by today? Is it going to be five or six? That's yeah. the real question. And and Norwich put in a real fight. They they just shocked, shocked City with some who put in some really poor defending. Um, and and for me, it proves what I mean. I don't, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I think I did. Um, the the people at the start of the season look at uh, at people look at it, who's who's going to win the league this year, and no one can see anyone but the last year's title winners winning it and and that people always see trends continuing um and i think that i don't i'm i'm not saying spurs are going to win the league let's, let's just put that out there before i finish before i say this but but liverpool and city are looking uh, vulnerable in certain areas and they're not the invincible te- invincible team or not they, they aren't the invincibles obviously well, city they aren't the invincible can't be team the invincible team now <laughs> but they they, no, they, aren't, they aren't perfect teams and they can um they can have flaws and, and hopefully Spurs can finish out of them. One of them. <laughs> I know it's still early, but I think I'm going to say now Liverpool are going to win the league now after that. I don't see... I don't. I can see the way Liverpool have played. No way. Even though they haven't kept a clean sheet or haven't kept many clean sheets, I feel like it's just going to be their year now. You could just feel it sometimes. You're an Arsenal fan. You're a Liverpool. You're not a Liverpool fan. You're not supposed to believe this. This is our year hype. <laughs> well, it's it's not for, for, for Arsenal. We can't, we're not going to win the league. So it's it's still probably City and Liverpool that are going to walk walk away with it. It's just one. The question is correctly how much by how much are they? <laughs> Can someone get close to them? Um, uh, but again, I think it's difficult. No one else has started very well. Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, United, none of them have started very well. Um, so I mean, For Spurs, minus the, the uh, Newcastle game, pretty decent start. Yeah, I don't think it is, though. I still think Spurs, they're on the same amount of points as Arsenal. They're on the same amount of points as Chelsea and the same amount as United. Sure, but Spurs had City and Arsenal away, two top Arsenal six teams. Arsenal had Liverpool. Sorry, one, to, one top Arsenal six team and a top Liv- seven team. Arsenal had, Liverpool, <laughs> Arsenal had Liverpool away and Spurs. So it's like we've had the same games, same home, points. Though. I still think, it's, it's, I still think Spurs haven't had a better start than anyone Spurs else. Season, if you look at Spurs' season, though, minus the horrific result against Newcastle, we won against Villa. We got a point at, at we get a result at, at Man City, which is not a thing that many teams can say. We got a, a draw in the derby, um, and we beat um, we beat Villa. Sorry, no, not Villa. We beat Crystal Palace comfortably. And I, I mean, on the surface of it, it's a decent start for us. But let's not let's let, let's let's not stick with Spurs. Um, we've got other games to talk about, haven't we? Well, the only other real thing is Liverpool and how they've started again, and they they just keep on winning. Um, they they won again. They didn't keep a clean sheet though, um, which is surprising. How good their defense was. It's, it's the hope that kills you. The Jetro Williams getting a goal. Yeah. I was like, maybe maybe they're going to lose this one. And they they brought in Firmino in that front three. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Firmino's had a lot of positives this week um, because on, of the comments Henri made about him being um, the best striker in the league, pretty much is what he said, or the most complete. I think he still called him. Um, and it's it's interesting. A lot of top top um, footballers and and coaches really, really, really rate Firmino. And now, now I think that 
I, 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 I want to make a joke about that, but I don't think it's it's appropriate to make jokes about uh, concussion and it because it's clear that Thierry Henry has been concussed because there's no no way he thinks Firmino is the best striker in the. Well, league. he said I think um, the, quote was, complete, the quote was like, most no complete. Way. I don't think you can disagree with him being the most. Com- Kane is most complete. Kane mm, is more complete than Firmino. I think no, but the thing that I think that most people say is that I think you Firmino doesn't get you. This is the point that Omri was trying to make, and what many people have made about Firmino is he doesn't get the credit he deserves because of Mane and Salah. And Sal- uh, Mane and Salah, they just they they get all the credit, and he doesn't get anything. So Firmino will never be rated as the top top because of them. And I think for you to say, sure. oh, he there can't be the most complete, it's a bit unfair. He is very he is a completely. You if you watch him, you can tell he's that he's good. a top top striker. He's good. He's not. He's not. He's not amazing. He's not most complete. In terms of, when, when I think of most complete, I think of what else can he do on the ball. And I think Harry Kane, great passing, great great shoot, long-range shooting, great short-range, great, great, great penalties, great, great dribbling. He's got lots of different skills that you need in a striker. That's why I think. Plus the fact he scores goals, which Firmino doesn't do as much. Firmino just took, just got 50 goals after being at Liverpool for five years, right? Harry Kane has got 30 goals yeah. plus almost every single year by last year with injuries I, I still think though it's unfair to I still think Firmino deserves the credit and I think Henri is just to have his opinion and say that he he is the most complete striker and most Liverpool fans will agree with him um, you might not because I mean that's that, that that isn't a, a, a good a good indicator of whether it's right. Liverpool fans think all all sort of crazy stuff. <laughs> okay, but I still think you're you he you can't say oh he doesn't know he he doesn't it's completely wrong there. How can you not say Kane? Because Mourinho said these said similar things. Wenger has said similar things. Lots of top managers, coaches, players. Yeah, but for Mourinho, the, the quotes are there if you want to find them. Um, they've all said some top top things about him and. I think he deserves some credit. Um, Liverpool now are the Champions League holders. They're looking. They're they're also starting their campaign this week against Napoli. We're interesting how they do there. Firmino is probably going to start because Origi's now injured. So now Liverpool have got their full strength team back, which is a bit worrying, considering they haven't had a full strength team and they've still managed to win every game this season. Um, I don't. I don't know. Oh, they're they're missing Allison still though. With Liverpool's defence. Sure, with Alisson as well. With Liverpool's defence, though, um, Van Dijk, great defender. Um, but the other three, Van der uh, Matip, Robertson and Trent, Trent, or TAA, if you want to call him that, um, defensively are not strong. Robertson and Trent can go forward. And are well, great they kept the most clean sheets in the league last year. Assist, assisting. Sure, but it's, it's because their, their defence isn't really challenged. It's because they play a very pressing style. Is that their defense? When you put actual pressure on the, on, the, on their defense, every time I've seen them having pressure on defense, they've not looked good. And Trent uh, was 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 gu- guilty for the first the first goal with bad positioning. And I just every time I see him, I thought he's he's not a great defender. Um, he's great going forward for England. He was poor as well. Like I I don't think I don't think that they are again. I don't think they're invincible. I think if you put the right sort of pressure in the right sort of areas with Liverpool, so you can. So the thing is, how can you can you? Can someone figure out a way to counter Liverpool? Because because Norwich did it last week. They managed to show how City were vulnerable, and I'm not I'm not saying City have been figured out, but this it is at least hoped for some teams that City can lose. Um, it, it might not have been their best day. They were a bit off City, but it's there. There's an there's opportunity to beat City, and Spurs nearly did it. Um, Norwich have done it. Um, so now it's just can people figure it out about against Liverpool because the only team that did it last year really was Man City, and if 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 I mean Liverpool did, did draw quite a few I games. I think though. there's a, I feel like drawing against these teams is something you can do. The question is, can we can you beat these teams and win games and and keep them out? I think so because that's what was difficult. And Norwich did a brilliant job keeping City out. That was what Norwich needed because. I mean, yeah. It's difficult when you're playing against both teams' attacks. They're always dangerous, Liverpool especially. They're very hard. You're always going to concede against Liverpool. You're going to have to outscore them, though, is what you have to figure out how to do. And once you've outscored them, to hold on. So, yeah, those were the games, other games that happened this week. Um, and I think it's fair to say that um, we move on and we 
hope for better things midweek in the European football and next week. So, yeah. And now, after some entertaining interviews, I hope, um, we have to finish the podcast with the hero and villain of the week. Um, this week, this week, the hero of the week goes to the fans of Borussia Dortmund, who uh, there was a, a now that, that, that who fighted who, who protested against some far right uh, Nazis. Which you're thinking Nazis, far right Germany, we've been there before. That's not good. And fair play to, to Dortmund. They they've stood up to it. They've, they they had and there was a a a, a banner or a, 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 at the advertising advertising board of the stadium it was uh, saying thank you to the fans for fighting against 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 Nazis, which is obviously a good cause and 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 fair play for using the politics of their club because the, the for for a good way because there is obviously examples in Italy and and more recent examples of of clubs using their their historical and political uh, identity. Um, in a bad way, in, in Zenit and in Cagliari. Um, and this is a good example of clubs identifying with local politics of the area and use, and fighting, a, a, a fight, fighting for a good cause. So, here of the week, Borussia Dortmund fans. Villain of the week, however, goes to... Oh, shame to say, yet another racist. Um, this week it's um, Luciano... Luciano Passirani... Um, he's an Italian commentator. Um, he made a stupid, stupid, awful racist comment about Lukaku, saying, because he's so tough and strong, the only way to stop him, and this is, I can't believe you say this about someone. He, he, he said he immediately apologised, which is just whatever, sharp. He says, the only way to come up against him is maybe give him 10 bananas to eat. <laughs> I, think I mean, it's, it's a prime example of think before you speak. Oh my! It was so bad. I mean, like for example, for the last last few weeks, the racism has been coming from fans, which I guess you can. I mean, it's not not that you can understand, but it, there are racist fans, sadly. But a guy who's being paid to think and say intelligent things about football, what is wrong with you? <laughs> How does that come into your mind? As I, I mean, like an intelligent point about the game. No, I'm going to say Lukaku eats bananas. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's a shame to see it again. Uh, he's now been fired, the guy, which is at least a positive to take from it. Um, and so yeah, that's villain of the week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we're gonna have a couple of previews for the Champions League this week, discussing who the two Arsenal and Spurs are playing. Spurs are playing Olympiakos, so we've got an Olympiakos representative, and Arsenal playing Frankfurt. So we've got someone. Uh, a German football representative. Um, so yeah, um, we look forward to releasing those. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we hope you enjoy. Sol Campbell is a Judas traitor, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>